All right. Amen. Good morning, church. All right. Um, As we get started this morning, open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. Psalms, chapter 1. But I just want to say a big thank you. Uh, We are small, uh, just in our infant stages, but we did a fabulous job yesterday. I mean, the way that you guys really got into it, so that the, the people in the city came they didn't see a small church, a new church. They saw a church that really went all out. And it would, like 750 people came through yesterday. And so that was a, that's a huge deal for, for a small church like ours. And so I just want to, just from my heart, when we do these things, and, and again, we, we have five big activities. When we do this and you guys put all of your into it, it makes a difference, really. And I, I promise you the next couple of years, the next few years, it's even going to go bigger and so we just praise the Lord for what God has in store. But again, from my heart to you, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. Love you. Also, what you did for me last Sunday and my wife, the flowers for me and the money for my wife. Amen. <laughs> it was fantastic. But I do thank you. I appreciate it. That you love your preacher. Amen. I appreciate it. Love you back. So, All right, Psalms chapter 1. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, I got so much in my heart. I just want to tell you over the next couple of weeks, we're going to just spill it out, all right? So make sure you're here over the next couple of weeks, all right? Can I hear an amen? amen. Don't, don't, don't miss out. All right, Psalm chapter 1, and then we're going to talk about the characteristics of a successful believer, beginning in verse 1, Psalms chapter 1. I, I probably preached this 30 times in my life. It's, it's just one of my favorite. And I say that all the time, but it is one of my favorites. Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They will be like tree. They will be like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. But the wicked, but not the wicked. They are not, they're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be consumed at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked lead to destruction. So, the characteristics. Today we have, we have a yardstick that the world, I mean, they use this yardstick to measure their success, like wealth. That's one of the, the measuring stick is wealth, okay? And, and, and listen very carefully. As believers, we fall into the trap of measuring our lives and our success by our wealth. And when we don't have it, man, we just think, oh, I got to get more. I got to get a better education. I got to get more. You know, and so sometimes we fall into that category, power, position, possessions. I mean, these are the criteria that the world measures success. But when it comes to spiritual success of the believer, it's different. Vastly different. So thank God for Psalms chapter one, which explains it for us. It just spells it out. 
starts out negative, but it's major needed for us in our Christian life. So, so what happens is this, okay? God tells us, this is how I want you to live to be successful spiritually. And so we, we understand that, but then we fall into the category of what the world says. We've got to have more possessions because it brings us joy. We've got to have more money because it brings us possessions, right? And so we've got to have a position at work. We've got to have popularity. We've got power. We've got to have all these things. And then we get so confused. And so we we just kind of run in circles because we're not knowing what direction to go. And so I want to look at verse 1, first of all, and I want to talk about the path, okay? The, uh, The characteristics, first of all, is the path of the successful believer, okay? The path, look what he says. He says, Oh, the joy of those who do not follow. Okay, it's all negative. First verse, do not follow the advice, nor stand around with sinners, nor join with the mockers. So, he, so he's going negative, first of all. So with the path. We've got to be careful as believers. Notice the Bible calls the unbelievers wicked. Okay, now, the first thing we think of is these, these unbelievers are like the scum of the earth but that's not what the bible talks about here okay when it talks about the wicked it's the person that's just feeding the appetites of their flesh okay that's the criteria they're living by they're just going according to the flesh now if i'm not mistaken we have done that in the past amen okay so it's not describing this horrible person it's talking about an unbeliever who's following the source of their wisdom Now, what is the source of their wisdom and the criteria that they measure all their decisions and the way they walk? It's the world, that's where they get their information, the flesh, and the devil. That's literally all they have. And so that's pouring into their minds, and so we're not to follow the world, the flesh, and the devil, but that's all they have. Okay? So he's saying, don't listen to to their counsel. Why? Because they can't understand spiritual things. Okay? Second, or First Corinthians chapter 2, the latter part of it, says the natural mind doesn't understand spiritual things. That's why it's, it's, it's useless talking to an unbeliever about politics when they don't see it through the sieve of the Word of God. They don't see it. Our, our family values... Because they don't understand the Word of God. and Because what, what is our source of information? The Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. That's the source of our information that God, God's feeding us. He's given us. And so, so we have these three over there, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the world. Over here we have the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. As long as we're listening to that and judging our every move and our every thought by this, we're okay. But what happens, this is what happens. We believers, we mix all of those. And that's why there's massive confusion. We don't know what God's saying. We don't know where he's directing us. We know nothing. Okay? So it it talks about, oh, the joy of those that do not follow the advice. Okay? So the path of the believer is not the path 
of the unbeliever. Plain and simple. Because the source of our direction, the source of our information is different than those. Now, we all have our stories when we first got saved. So let me give you a little bit of mine, okay? When I first got saved, I didn't believe the way I used to believe, okay? Because I had this new source of information. I repented. The word repent means a change of mind. That is all that it means. Not a change of direction. It means a change of mind, which leads to a change of direction. But you can't get those two mixed up. A change of direction. If repentance is a change of direction, then you need to change your direction in order to be saved. That is from hell. Salvation is a change of mind about Jesus Christ and his blood. And that, that just a change of mind, which all of a sudden when you do that, the Holy Spirit comes in you. Then there's a change of action. A change of direction. Okay? So, so the behavior when, when, or the belief when I first got saved was completely different than before I got saved. All of a sudden, I believed in Jesus. Guess what my friends did? They didn't believe in Jesus at all. So I didn't listen to their counsel anymore because I understood that their counsel, where it was all coming from. Not that they were bad people. I was just there a few weeks ago. I crossed over, got saved, and so all of a sudden, I had this new information, and the Holy Spirit was working in my heart, and so I believed, I believed that church was important, I believed that this, I really believed that this was God's Word speaking directly to me. Well, before they got saved, now three of them did get saved, Edwards, Clay, and Jerry did not, but... um, uh, Anthony did, Butch did, and Billy did. They got, they got saved a little bit later. But hopefully the other three got saved eventually the last 30 years. Amen? But so so I'm, I'm just simply saying that my belief system changed because of the Spirit of God. I can now understand the Word of God. But they cannot. And they didn't. The Holy Spirit is the one that has to illuminate them and get them to understand. So, so, in Psalms, it says he didn't believe the same and he didn't behave the same. All right. Uh, how many of you, when you first got saved, your behavior was different than what it was before? I remember all my friends, we still, I still loved them. I still got together with them. And they got so mad at me because I didn't do the things I used to do. Because my behavior was different. And I mean, they got angry. They couldn't understand it. And it's okay. Because the natural man doesn't understand. Matter of fact, listen, I'm going to just read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 or chapter 2. Listen to what it says. Talking about the natural mind, the natural man. Verse 10. Now, this was them, and then I got saved. I was the first one out of all seven of us that got saved. It says in verse 10, But it was to us that God revealed the things of the Spirit. For His Spirit searcheth out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know the, the person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. 
Well, if you don't have God's spirit, you can't understand God's thoughts. And so here I had the spirit of God and I started understanding little by little, but they couldn't get this because the natural mind, as it goes on to say, doesn't understand spiritual things. Doesn't understand. So when they were doing the things they were doing that I used to do and I stopped, they literally got angry and upset. And then the third thing is, then I didn't belong. I didn't believe, I didn't behave, and I didn't belong. It felt very uncomfortable around them. Very uncomfortable. Because I didn't believe what they believed. I didn't behave like I did. But I still, I still wanted to be around because I still loved my friends. I did. But they, they just, just got very uncomfortable. It's like, like a metal spinning shop. I was a metal spinner for years. And uh, we'd get together in our metal spinning shop. And, of course, if we got closer, several metal spinning lays. And uh, as I was metal spinning, you'd hear these guys talk. And I could, I could pretty well participate in most of the conversations. But some of the conversations I couldn't. One of them was when these guys started bashing their wives. It's, isn't that crazy? I mean, I, here I am, 18 years old. 19 years old. And, and these guys are talking about their women like we always think, and that doesn't happen, but how we think... Women talk about men in the factories. That, of course, that never happens. Amen? Never happens. Everybody with me? But these guys were actually doing it. They were talking about their wives cooking and how horrible it was. They were, and they were, they were in competition to see which one was the worst wife in their cooking. And in their cleaning. And in the sex life. There was nothing off limits to these jerk bags or whatever you want to call them. Nothing off limits. And here I am, just got saved, and, and, and I, I just got married, and it's like, I'm not talking about my best friend like this. And I didn't know much of the scripture. I just knew that, that she was my soulmate. Best thing that ever happened to me, she helped me find God, and I'm not going to sit here and bash. I mean, she wasn't perfect. She is now. Praise God. I remember. I could have told them this story. I remember her. It was like when she cooked. I'd get one item every 10 minutes on the table. And I'd eat it, and here comes the next one. It was like, it was like uh, you know, I don't know what it was like, but anyway. She, one, one time she was boiling corn. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, the corn started popping in the pan. Now, I know you can't do that, but it was doing that. The water was gone, and the corn was black and popping on the bottom. Of course, she's a fantastic cook now. Amen. So I could have told all this story. I could have told many stories about me. But the point is, I, I didn't feel like I belonged any longer. Does that make sense? And so when, when, when the psalmist is talking about those things that we don't do, he's referring to those that were unbelievers. Not that they were the scum of the earth. Now they were doing scum things just like we used to do before we got saved. Alright? But it's because, now listen, it's because they're listening to three things. The different sources than us. Now I, I, can't, I can't stress this enough. I don't have it on the screen, but go to Ephesians chapter 2. I cannot stress this truth enough. This is This is why when kids are dating, they don't date unbelievers. 
All right? This is, this is why you don't go in business with unbelievers. This, this is, it has nothing to do with their wicked and I'm this best thing in the world. It has nothing. It's just the Spirit of God's here. Listen to the source that the, un, the non-believers listening. Listen to their, the source of their decision, the source of the direction, the source of their life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Just like the rest of the world. Now listen to this. Obeying the devil, the commander of the power of the unseen world. Unbelievers are being led and directed just like we, the devil, the spiritual, these demons, they're leading the unbelievers in this entire world. They're the ones leading. I didn't say that. Can I hear an amen? I didn't say that. You circled it right in your notes. Go back. It says, obeying the devil, the commander and the, of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit. I only live by the book. I only preach the book. The spirit at work in the hearts of who? Of those who refuse to obey God. Now listen to this. It explains it all. The context. Notice this. All of us used to live like that. Now listen, following the passionate desires and the inclination of the flesh. The world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the information that they're going by. Okay? That's the decision, just like we did. Okay? Following the passionate desires, inclination of the flesh. By our own very nature, we were subject to God's wrath, God's anger. Like everyone else. But praise God for that song. Only by His goodness that I'm saved. So I'm no different than them except for His goodness. All of a sudden, save me. I didn't say, wow, I just want to be saved today. The Holy Spirit began working on me and drawing me and then illuminated my eyes that Jesus was a reality and I, cho- I accepted Him as my Savior. But it was all of God working in my heart. So I, I was no different. But the point is, the source of their information that they bring down it and they begin to practice is the world, the flesh, and the devil. Ours is the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. The problem is we intertwine these and we listen to the world. Man, this guy's successful over here, so I want to make application. And then we, oh yeah, I remember God's Word says it, but it just doesn't make sense. And so we're totally confused as Christians. And we just don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. Well, we have to make a decision. Okay? That's what he says here. Oh, the joy of those that do not listen to the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked, nor stand around sinners, nor join with the mockers. Okay? So the first one is the path. That's our responsibility. Okay? A successful believer realizes there's a vast difference between himself and the world that he was saved out of. If we want to be successful in our walk with the Lord, we have to say no. We have to be like the corn huskers. They have that, that cross arm like that. Of course, they're not very good this year, right? They have the, what do they call that thing? Bruce, help me out. That defensive symbol that, that just, just fights off the enemy and destroys the enemy. That's what we got to have. We're going to say no. Then, 
it goes on. Go back to Psalms, if you moved away from there. It says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. The second idea is the pleasure of a successful believer. Okay, first the path, now the pleasure. The believer is genuinely and completely in love with the Word of God. Now, I love the word delight because this shows us that he is captured. His affections are captured by the Word of God. Okay? He's he's in love. He's excited. He's happy. He's joyous. Why? Because to the believer, the Word of God is the truth. It It is God speaking to him. And now we've got to understand... That the Old Testament is for us, but the New Testament is to us. Okay, uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 4, verse 7, what I'm talking about, that the Old Testament was not written to us, but it teaches us all about our God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. Um, Right? You know this one, right? Okay, this is his memory verse. For I know the plans that the Lord has for me. Say, I know the plans that the Lord has, saith the Lord. I know, I know that his thoughts are his plans that he has for me. Therefore, my best interest, not my destruction. And he's to give me this great hope and a great expectation. Now, that has nothing to do with us. Don't throw tomatoes. But here's the truth. It's describing our God. The kind of God we serve. That he is, and he wants to do this for his people. And so the same is for us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, okay. He is the same to the children of Israel. He's not changed. He wants to pour out his love. He wants to pour out his goodness. He wants to pour out his grace. He wants to pour out his blessing on us. And so it doesn't change a bit. Our God's future for you and I is great. Even if there's all kinds of trials and problems, the principles are still the same, even though it's for a different person. We go to the book of Psalms, we go to the book of Proverbs, and we apply all these truths. And we look at the children of Israel being delivered out of Egypt. That's a principle for us being delivered out of the world. The principles are true about our God. And we are His people. We are not Israel, but we are the children of the living God. Okay? pleasures this book is a book of truth it is not a book of fables of myths or legends it's it's god's breathed book to you and me perfect inerrant inerrant even though it was written by man the holy spirit of god literally moved these men and pinned it exactly for us let me just give you an example paul the apostle in the book of acts it says that he was he wanted to go and plant churches not on another, man, another man's foundation. Okay? This is, this is fantastic. And I'm in school. I could barely read my first class on the life of Paul. Barely read. And I'm in there, and Dr. Gates is talking, and, and I'm following the book, you know, the life of Paul. And I see that, so I go to the Bible, and I'm looking at it. And that instant, God calls me to go in a city that needs churches. That there's not a lot of gospel. So guess where we go? we go? We go to Nebraska for 30 years. My point is, so many years ago, the word of God spoke to me and led 
Why? Because I looked at it as God's word to me. Yeah, God, Paul wasn't talking to me to go where no man's foundation, but the Holy Spirit lifted those words out there and spoke directly to my heart. And as we get into the word of God, that's what God does specifically for us. Okay, listen, it's pleasure for the believer. The pleasure of the successful believer is the word of God. It's our food. It's milk for the baby. Okay, as we first get saved, we have to drink. We can't eat those steak. We just got to take a little bit at a time that helps us get to, you know, adolescence and then maturity. And then we finally get to eat the meat of the word of God so that daily we have the strength to go against the enemies that come after us and to defend ourselves with the principles found in the Word of God. It's milk and it's meat. It's also the bread of life. The Word of God is bread. We can munch on it all day long. It's not just that. It's honey. It sweetens. It encourages us. The Word of God is very valuable. It's light. The Bible tells us that the Word of God, listen very carefully. In Psalms 119, 105, it says the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. The lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. In other words, the Word of God allows us to see every step we need to take. It can guide us in every step. That's the Word of God. Every step. Now, if you say, uh, I'm not going to follow that and I'm just going to go my own merry way, do what my grandma used to tell me, do what my grandpa used to tell me, and listen to my mom and all my friends, and I'm just going to go that direction, and you just push the Word of God aside. Well, I've got a lot of training. I've got a lot of experience. I need to listen to myself. That's fine. But this is what the Word of God says. When we ignore the Word of God, even our prayer are an abomination to the Lord. Even our prayers. If we say no... And the Bible says if we hate... John, uh, John chapter, 1 John chapter 2, it says if we hate our brother... We walk in darkness. Remember that light shows us each step that we need to take? When we turn away from the Word and say, we're not going to love our brothers, the Bible says we walk in darkness and we stumble around everywhere we go. The Word of God is a lamp for us to show us every step of the way. And it's the light of our path. Not only shows us every step, but shows us the future guides us in the direction we need to go so it's it's food it's light it's truth it's the mirror that's what the bible says the bible tells us that the word of god is a mirror when you look at yourself in a mirror and you see some flaws how many see flaws when you look in a mirror okay what do you want to do you want to fix them that's the negative side but the other side you look at and you say man that's a good looking dude right how many have ever done that just to co- come on. You look at it and say, man, I am the image of God. God created me. All right? And, and, and this little, little wart right there, how many have a, a flaw that kind of bothers you a little bit? Right? You got, you got, yeah, a lot of you say you have a lot of them, right? Well, I have this right here. It, it's the wicked witch of the north. That's, that's when I look in the mirror and I say, God, why'd you put that there? I did not ask for that. But as I'm getting older, it's getting bigger. 
can you, can you see me, you know, with this big old wart sticking out here when I'm preaching at 70 years old? Can you just see it? I'm wagging around. The thing's wagging with me. All right. My point is, God gave it to me. Let's look on the positive side. God put that there. Now, I'll probably cut it off in a few years, but I'll ask permission first. Amen. Okay. It's a mirror. We look in there. We are the created in the image of God. It's water. It cleanses. It quenches. It refreshes. It's the seed. It's the sword. It's a hammer. It's a fire in our bosom that we can't just keep within. We've got to give it out. So, it's a delight. It's pleasure. A successful believer is in love with this book. He understands that it's what the soul needs and requires. We need that step. We need the light to lead our families, to lead our businesses, to lead our country. We need God to speak. We do. I mean, it's it's imperative. Or we're left to our own destruction. Every day, our decisions are being made for our kids. How to discipline our kids. How to spank our kids. How to communicate with our spouse. It's imperative that we speak words that build our spouse up. Rather than the facial expressions and the attitude and the words that tear our wives and husbands down. And the Bible says that is not. No corrupt communication shall ever proceed out of your mouth. When you put that aside, you're walking in darkness. Can I hear an amen? That's what happens. Fantastic. So not only does does the word of God capture our affection, but it captures our attention. He meditates in the word of God day day and night i mean just meditating in the word of god and that's where really honestly the nuggets of gold come from when you memorize the bible and then after you memorize parts of the bible then you begin to meditate you can go all day with a verse of scripture in your your pocket you pull it out you got one phrase of it memorized and you're just meditating on it then a question comes, you say, wait a minute, let's go back and look at the context. So then you go back and you read it again and say, okay, I see the context. And then you just keep meditating and chewing and you get all the juices out of the Word of God. And then all of a sudden, you can see clearly how to love your brother, how to walk in the light as he is in the light. And God blesses. Because notice, notice the next phrase, verse 3. But they, are, but they are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. It's just fantastic. So the third thought is that we prosper. The, the successful believer, he's got this path, chooses this path. He says no, and then he says yes. Do you see the path? No. But my delight is yes in the word of God. And I'm meditating in this book day and night. Now, I love podcast and I love music. When I'm at the gym or I'm driving, I love to listen to my podcast. I love to listen to music. But the Bible nowhere says that I'm supposed to meditate day and night in music. 
meditate day and night in some man's opinion of Scripture. Great stuff. Even in John, it says, I need not that any man should teach me because I have the Spirit of God within me. When I'm meditating on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is the one that illuminates me and gives me understanding. As I begin to meditate, He begins to put this Scripture and this Scripture and this Scripture all together for me when I'm literally meditating in the Word of God daily. Then, and only then, it says the prosperity will take place. The promise of prospering. They will prosper in all they do. Hmm, that's a good thought. Notice it's the third thing, however. If you don't choose the right path and you have these intertwined thoughts, you have the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God, you have Satan, the world, and the flesh, and you're intermingling these. Oh, you're listening to your neighbor. They have no clue what they're talking about because they're not saved. And all their information comes from the world, the flesh, and the devil. And you're listening to their advice on marriage. That's really smart, amen? I did that. It worked out. I was, uh, I was, uh, Judy kept breaking up with me. No, she did it twice, okay? She, uh, was it once or twice? I always get these stories mixed up. It was five times. Okay? Actually, it's just one. But I got nervous. I already moved 60 miles away from her. And, and, and so the neighbor came over. <laughs> it was the most whirling. He said, you know what you need to do? Just go over to her and just tell her, I'll never see me again unless you marry me. Uh-huh. I'm a new believer. Sounds good to me. So I did it. It worked. <laughs> she married me Friday. And the rest is history. Amen? But it's only because... Come on, guys. Give me a break. Okay? You're supposed to say, Amen, Flitter! You got her! Right? I don't deserve her, but I got her! All right? From this wicked old man. No, it's the Holy Spirit moving. He uses donkeys, too. Can I hear an amen? Okay? I'm, I, that's true. That's, did you know that? That's in the Old Testament. Don't think I'm up there cussing. That's actually true in the Old Testament. Prosper! Okay, I don't know where that came from, but it was good. Okay, but notice it's conditional. You got to say no. You can't intertwine all of this stuff. Stick with the book. Let it be the foundation. Let it be the backdrop of all your decisions with the Holy Spirit and the people of God. The Bible says there's, there's safety in a multitude of counsel. So you got the backdrop of the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and then bounce things off people. That's over here. And don't do this. Don't do this. This is where the confusion comes because we're intertwining what the world calls success. I've got to have more money. I've got to have a better car. I've got to have a better house. I've got to have this. I've got to have this. And we just get wrapped up. And so we spend our time instead of meditating, memorizing, we're too busy. I got to preach one. Man, that's good stuff. It's convicting. Oh, me. But we, 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 we're chasing what the world's chasing. And they're not listening over here to these three. They're listening to these three. And we're, yet we're chasing the same thing as they're chasing. That's their dream. Our dream is to raise up godly kids that love Jesus. That come out here and listen to this praise music. And these kids are doing this. How many of your kids? And they dance to the Christian music. Do you got kids like that? 
I go to my grandkids' house, and that, they're just lifting up their hands, and they're praising, praising Jesus. It's just, oh, it does something to me. We, we, that's, that's success. That's success. When you and your wife are getting along, or you and your husband are getting along, and there's unity, and you're, when something comes up, you pray about it. Man, you just, she just leans over and puts her head on your shoulder, and just, you rub her feet. When her he- feet are... How many rubber feet love your wife's feet here? How many do not and will not? I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. You, you rub Jeff's. I will pray for you. <laughs> but you see the point. That's success. That's what God does when you're meditating in the Word of God. And then... You don't know who's, who's feeding off of you spiritually as you're walking with the Lord. You never know what happens when people just listen, listen to one thing you say and how the Holy Spirit can just boom. You walk in the room and, and, and they know you're godly. They've heard something about, and boom. That's success. Not, not, not this other stuff over here. You notice it says it's a tree. So you gotta position yourself. Notice, it's by the river banks. It's permanent. I like that. But the Christian life is stable. Bob Dickens was this way. Bob Dickens started a metal spinning shop, which you've heard me tell, say his name many times. But he would, he started this shop. Of course, it grew to be multi, he grew to be a multimillionaire with this company. But he, he, he would go home or he'd, in the morning he'd wake up and he'd spend two hours in the Bible, and he'd write his journal, and then he'd come to work and do some stuff in the office, and then he'd come out, and I was the first one there, and he would stop at my lathe, and he would talk to me 45 minutes an hour, just sharing with me what he got from the Word. And as I watched his life with the ups and downs of the business, and all the employees' problems, and all his personal family problems, the guy never wavered. I mean, I just saw him as a constant for me. It's a great example. That's what happens when you're by, you're planted by the river. And that's the Jew area. I mean, if you, you know anything about the Jewish area, you know that that was a necessary thing. But when a person is planted by the word of God and, and they're drawing from it on the day, so they're, they're re, reaching down deep. They have the roots in the word of God. When the winds come and all the problems come, they're just stable. That's what happens when you're planted by the rivers. When you say no to these three things over here, and you choose this path, the results are prosper. Prosper. It also says that bear fruit in His season. I just love that. God blesses your personal life. He blesses your family life. He blesses your business life, your church life, your spiritual life. The Lord blesses you, but doesn't mean that you're not going to go through stormy times. It just means a successful believer is able to sail through the storms with Jesus by his side until he literally says, peace, be still. And when he does that, you're going through the storm. All of a sudden, the storm stops. This last two months, I've been going through a storm in my life. And I, I mean, I'm focused. 
because I know God's up to something. And I'm just, I'm, there's times I'm fasting, there's times I'm praying, and there's times I'm focused. And my wife even says, I'm trying to say something to you, but you're not listening. I'm sorry, honey. Right, honey? I mean, she says, several times she says, what's wrong with you? I'm focused. So I said, next time, just slap me in the face and get my attention. Not really. Okay. So, so my point is, I'm just focused. And when you do that, and you're in the Word of God, and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you're not listening to these three, because I promise you, I was tempted over here to look at all the other things around here and all across the world and say, that's what I want. But I had to hear from God. I had to. There's no, no way around it. I just, I just need his direction, fail or succeed. It doesn't matter according to the world. It doesn't matter. I just want to do what God, that's what, that's what we got to have within every one of our hearts. We have to hear from God. And it only happens when we're in this book day and night and we get that. Yes. But you got to love your brother. You got to be in the word. I mean, this is conditional doesn't happen now i understand that you're barely saved some of you are just saved you know god's changing you you're going through this major change i'm here to tell you you need to be in the book and you need to be yielded to the holy spirit every time you read just say holy spirit teach me these things and god's going to illuminate and he's going to show you and then he'll give you the strength to follow through the last thing we want to do is say man you worldly friends are wicked i want no part of you that's not that's not how god i mean that's how people tell us that we need to respond but that's not what god says when i got saved i still went over there i still hung around those friends i still did things with those friends they even talked me into doing bad things then i felt guilty you ever did that i said no 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 okay <laughs> several times but then you feel guilt so then I'd bring one to church, he gets saved. And then we're two of us fighting the other ones, you know. And then I'd bring another church, they get saved. And then we got three of us. And then there was a good fighting match. Three said no, three said yes. Three said, let's go to church. The other three said no. It was fantastic. But I'm just, I'm just simply saying, you can't say no to those guys. You just got to ask God to give you the strength to face those temptations not turn your back on them, but turn your back on their activity and understand they just need the Lord. This is what we used to do when we first got saved. People back when I was got saved, say no, they're horrible. Just walk away. Cut all ties. And then later you're saved. Later on they say, well, go invite them to church. Who's going to come? After you ditch them, turn your back on them, you just explain to them, man, I just got saved. I changed my mind about some things. Man, I'd love for you to come in here. If you don't, I just can't do those things. I can't, you know, be participating in those things, you know. But love them. Truth in love. Really. So the prosperity of the believer, the characteristics of the believer, the path, the pleasures, and the prosperity. Prosperity is conditional, okay? And that's what we all want. We all want to have this wonderful relationship with our spouse that's over the top, right? How many of you want to be loved? Don't raise your hand. Just crying to be loved. I didn't didn't want what my mom had. I didn't want six guys and I didn't love any of them, right? Not that she's a bad person. 
She was just listening over here, and Satan was destroying her life. That's it. I didn't want that. I wanted that one. <laughs> Another time. I was dating these three girls, right? Judy was one of them. And so I go to Bob Smith. Wicked, wicked, wicked guy. I didn't, I, I didn't know any better. I said, another time God spoke through a donkey, amen? I said, which one should I date? And he said, well, look at the one that you know is going to be faithful to you all of your life. It was over. I'm serious. I drove to Bloomington. I stopped by and saw Judy at the Wendy's window and said, I'm going to go see my ex-girlfriend, or my old girlfriend, which was actually my girlfriend at that time, but I was just, because I had all of them at the same time. So I said, I'm going to go see Judy. And she went, oh. But I said goodbye there. Went over to Karen's house, said goodbye to Karen, which, by the way, lived by Judy. Judy drove by and saw me <laughs> saying goodbye. And she peeled out in that Nova 350. Woo, baby. Her shifter, headers. Am I going too much detail? But the point was I, was, I was breaking all ties. She was the one I wanted from that point on. I went after her. Because she was the one that was going to give me what I felt that I wanted. That relationship of love. And caring for each other. Not just one-sided. Didn't have it before. But she was godly. She was in church. She was reading me the Bible on our dates. The other girls weren't reading me their Bibles. She was saying, scoot over here. Let's read. Now, that's a good date. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, amen. Fantastic stuff. All right? The prosperity. It's conditional. So let's, let's grab a hold of this stuff. Let's make application. I mean, again, I've, I've, I've preached many times on this, but I'm telling you, you, go back, reread it, and reread it, and reread it. Let it sink down deep in your hearts. Let's all stand for a word of prayer. Father, we come to you this morning just thanking you for your word. Thanking you for the Spirit of God that moves in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for the truth of your word, that it is pure. And it is the what literally saves our soul. Father, we just thank you for the word of God. And we pray this morning that as we go over it, and as we think about what we heard this morning, that we would make application to our lives. Oh God, please help us to make application to what we've heard because each and every one of us want to be successful bless real life in jesus name amen